Welcome to the Monster Mash, your seasonal shot of jumps and frights. Presented by our master of darkness, Atwood Magazine. Hail Atwood! Be sure to make a sacrifice. <laughs> I.e. Uh, like and subscribe, although we take the occasional goat, to Atwood Magazine and Tunes and Tumblers wherever you sell your soul the most online. I am your purveyor of ghoulish delights, Anthony. And this week, we figured we would bring you a bit of that Halloween spirit. Although we're still locked down in quarantine, and everything else that has happened this year was far more terrifying than even the most foreboding of haunts. In better news, we have finally set up our Tunes and Tumblers hotline where you can leave us a prompt for a hashtag mood, or just yell at us for a solid minute. Both are encouraged. Our first message comes to us from Mick Kennedy, lead singer of LA's hottest new garage rock act, The Premonitions, who has a whiskey sour recipe that could put Pedro to shame. Stick around to the end of the show to hear that little audio nugget. Of course, we all know that drinking alone is a business for lonely ghosts, so I invited my friends to haunt these airwaves with me, and they are... Ryan, your music kind of spooker. <laughs> Hey, Pedro, you're a mixologist. I don't have anything clever. It's all right. That wasn't that clever. <laughs> it was It was good. It got a laugh out of me. That's all that matters. So Halloween season is upon us, and everyone who is like, you know, if you, we don't get our act together, Halloween is going to be canceled. Um, they were right. Halloween is canceled. <laughs> do either of you have any plans to do something socially distant or digital? on uh what was it saturday is it saturday or friday yeah it's saturday saturday mm-hmm. um i i really like that meme that's just like probably just gonna get drunk and put up the christmas tree <laughs> <laughs> you're really stuck on this whole it's christmas season already thing yep that's me i'm that guy i'm gonna go looking for the murder hornets up in oregon <laughs> <laughs> And if not, I'll probably ju- just do a non-socially uh, distant hang. Just really keep it spooky, you know? <laughs> keep it scary. Don't socially distance. Don't wear a mask. That's the true oh, way to celebrate God. Halloween. Terrifying. Uh, so I don't really know what my plans are for Halloween, but yesterday I did this thing where I turned off my phone for the day and um, went up to Santa Barbara to hang Ooh. out and just like be away from my phone. And while I was there... Um, one of the first things that happened when I started walking down State Street is this woman was handing out Chick Tracks. Oh, wow. You remember what Chick Tracks are, right, Ryan? No. I, I think you have like a whole we, bowl of them oh, yeah, in your we, apartment. We have them in the living room. Oh, oh, oh <laughs> right, the, right, right, uh, right, right. Yes, yes, yes. They're the little like 99, they're like penny booklets, right? Like, yeah, the, I think, the whole thing I think is they're like, like five or 16 cents or something like that. Yeah, but this woman was handing one out. And they are Halloween themed. Uh, this one is called It's Your Life. And it's like what happens after you die if you didn't repent. And it's just a bunch of horrible things happening to this guy. The other one is called Spooky. And it's about how satanic <laughs> Halloween is. And if you participate, you're going to hell. I think... And I got them for you to round out your collection of chick tracks at Fun- your apartment. Wow. Funny Thank enough, you. I think we might already have those two. 
Really? Well, these I ones swear. are fresh prints. <laughs> oh, they are? Yeah. We've, these, we've definitely uh, got a couple. Like, one is definitely, like, what happens after you die if you don't repent. And the other one is about how, is, like, how evil Halloween is. Well, I have to say, they're getting their money's worth here. I am all ready to repent. <laughs> ready to receive Christ. It's great that you got them, because even if we don't take them, they should be going out to as many people as possible. <laughs> and um, That's the whole thing. You're trying to make as many impressions as possible. Spread the word. <laughs> spread the word. Spread the virus. <laughs> we have the alcohol <laughs> one. That one's the best one, I think, about oh, what alcohol yeah. can do, oh, yeah. how it can destroy a life. I think we should post that one to the story. <laughs> yeah, is it, it's called happy hour, right? Like, daddy keeps going to happy hour, and it destroys his family. Yeah, basically. Remember, Jesus doesn't want you to drink and drive, and neither do we. No. Let him take the wheel. Let him take the wheel. Let Jesus take the wheel. <laughs> you can't if you're too drunk to drive. Jesus is my Jesus Lyft is driver. The yeah. <laughs> uh, this, is a, this is a fun little conversation, but I think that I've had enough of this novelty holiday kitsch. Let's check out what happened in the world of music this week. First, more election news. Kind of. NME reports that Chelsea Handler will pay 50 cents tax bill if he votes for former Vice President Joe Biden. The Indie Club rapper has backed Trump on several occasions in the last week after voicing his concerns about the proposed tax increases for top earners under Biden. Posting on Instagram, he conceded that Trump doesn't like black people, but claimed that top earners risk paying a 62% tax under a Biden administration. In response, talk show host, comedian, and Fiddy's one-time ex, Handler, has offered him an unlikely alternative. She took to Twitter, saying, Hey, fucker, I will pay your taxes in exchange for you coming to your senses. Happily. Black Lives Matter. That's you, fucker. Remember? (laughs) Adding, you used to be my favorite ex-boyfriend. As amusing as this exchange is, I'm still over here twiddling my thumbs, waiting for a celebrity to offer to pay my taxes... Should be any day now. Uh, who wants to give us their story while I wait? Hold on, is that legal? Like to pay someone else's taxes? Well, I mean, she's basically. Isn't that like buying his vote? Oh yeah. Wait. What? What is the legality of buying votes if you are not associated with like the campaign? Let's get our legal team on this. Drew, yes. if you could look into this, please. <laughs> it is still illegal. It is still illegal. It is still illegal. <laughs> oh, man. Are we the ones who broke, like, the, uh, like, handler gate right now? No, I'm pretty <laughs> sure there's a right-wing site that's already uh, beat us to the punch. They're handling it. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a story about all about how the streaming service Quibi got turned upside down and is no longer available. So Quibi, the short-form streaming service founded by Jeffrey Katzenberg, is shutting down after six months, as the Wall Street Journal reports. Launched in April, Quibi's shows were designed to be watched on a phone with all episodes, called Chapters, running less than 10 minutes. Kicked off with two dozen shows, a revival of Punked, hosted by Chance the Rapper, a Titus Burgess-hosted cooking show, and a comedy sketch from Nicole Ritchie were among the platform's initial offerings. In an open letter, Katzenberg and Quibi CEO Meg Whitman said Quibi wasn't succeeding because of the coronavirus pandemic and because the idea itself wasn't strong enough to justify a standalone streaming service. Gee, we have reluctantly come to the difficult decision to wind down the business, return cash to our shareholders, and say goodbye to our colleagues with grace, Katzenberg and Whitman wrote. We want you to know we did not give up on this idea without a fight. The best part of the story, though, 
is, according to a report from the Wall Street Journal's Benjamin Mullen, Joe Flint, and Maureen Farrell, uh, Jeffrey Katzenberg told employees on a call last Wednesday to listen to a song from the movie Trolls to help lift their spirits during the company's <laughs> shutdown. According to the journal, Katzenberg advised employees on the call to listen to the song Get Back Up Again, a por- performed by Anna Kendrick of the 2016 animated film Trolls. Reminds me of when Adam <laughs> Newman of uh, WeWork hired Run DMC's Daryl McDaniels to perform It's Tricky for, uh, for his staff as he announced a bunch of firings and layoffs. Oh my god. <laughs> wow. I can just imagine being one of those employees and going home after being fired and like my family's like, oh, how was your day? Well, I got fired, but at least I got to see Run DMC. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite part is that he chose a song, Katzenberg chose a song from like a DreamWorks property. Like he he picked one from the studio, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so when he was firing people, he was still on his grind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a good one, God. Drew. <laughs> All right, Still Pedro. On his what do you got for us? Um, okay, so with the current pandemic, I think we've all grown to really enjoy our few moments that we get to spend outside. Usually, a lot of us like going for a walk. I know I do. So, Pulitzer Prize-winning composer Ellen Reed has written music for a GPS-enabled app made specifically to accompany your walk through the park. Apparently, this was an idea she had several years ago, but she really got to work on it once the pandemic hit. Uh, this app is called Soundwalk, and users can download the app's content, and with their GPS enabled, the music heard will correspond with the route you take, and essentially, a listener is the composer when it comes to your to, to the walk. The path they choose and how long they linger in certain spots allows them to control the soundscape of their walk. Uh, Reed collaborated remotely with the New York... Philharmonic to write 25 musical themes for the app. Uh, along with Central Park, it can also be heard at Spa Park in Saratoga Springs, New York. And three more locations are set to be added next year. So this seems like a really cool way to enjoy your walk if you live in New York. And I kind of hope they bring this to LA with all like the hiking trails and stuff. Could be pretty dope. This reminds me of that episode of Family Guy. I- I'm sorry, I- I'm getting back on my Family Guy uh, thing here, but like where Peter all of a sudden just has theme music following him wherever he goes, riding on the bus, riding on the bus. That is exactly what I thought. Yeah, he like he gets a genie and his wishes to have theme music. All right, thank you guys so much for those uh, thrilling news stories. But I think it's time to get back to our little Halloween haunt here. Um, Ryan, are we listening to anything in particular today? Um, I think we've decided, folks, that we are each going to share our favorite Halloween albums for the season this episode. And uh, A little throwback. A little throwback, yes. We're not listening to a particular thing today, but we are going to go to the jukebox and find our favorite Halloween picks. So I'm excited to do that. So am I. Uh, it makes me feel like we're all back in, in our Sierra Madre apartment um, <laughs> sharing <laughs> drinks. And, and just chatting the way that we used to. But I need something to wash all this down. Pedro, do we have a seasonal cocktail for our listeners? We do. So around this time of year, I fucking love candy apples. And so I kind of wanted to turn that into a shot for us today. Um, but being that it's Halloween and everything, I decided to make it a little spooky, kind of, a little creepy. So... uh the main part of the shot is uh, apple pucker and butterscotch schnapps to sort of give it that candy apple flavor. And then I decided to turn it into like a poison apple instead. And if you want to turn anything to poison, all you really have to do is add fireball. 
So we're putting a little <laughs> fireball in this as well. Um, that cinnamon's going to go real good with the apple. So apple pucker, butterscotch, and fireball, and we're calling it a poison apple. Brilliant. Wow. That sounds so delicious. And I think I'm ready to dive into it. Cheers, gentlemen. Cheers. Cheers. So it's Halloween season once again, and this time, instead of Skyping with, uh, with Jess Keller in Seattle, we are locked down in quarantine. Um, <laughs> did anyone think that this is where we'd be uh, <laughs> a year later? No. Nope. God, no. I never thought I'd actually be scared during Halloween. Mm, yes, yeah. yes. You know, it's not like a seasonal thing. Like, I'm not waiting for, like, ghosts to pop out and scare me. Like, this is a real existential dread. This is <laughs> perhaps the most appropriate Halloween season ever. I've been scared as um, fuck since March, so. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Really, this was all just a ploy by Big Halloween to get us really scared. <laughs> yes, this year is the uh, is, a, is a horror film, a long horror film um, called The Silent Killer. And unfortunately, we don't get to choose our own ending. Oh, my God. It was like, what I, streaming service is that on? Not Quibi. <laughs> no, not Quibi. Um, it's on the Peacock. The CW's Acorn. Is that a real thing? I just... <laughs> I'm afraid so. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> All a cart television. Oh, my goodness. The Acorn? We've gone too far. <laughs> I don't think it's related to CW. I think I got that, uh, I think I got that wrong. It's just the best in British television. But yeah, oh, okay. it's great. Anyway. Well, <laughs> coming back to Halloween, let's start talking about our favorite seasonal music. Last year, we talked specifically about goth rock and, uh, and Bauhaus, but let's open it up a little bit. Like, when you think of Halloween, like, what albums and songs do you guys like to put on? Okay. Well, I have a number of albums I like to put on. My favorite is uh, an album called The Director's Cut. And it is an album of cover versions of themes from horror films and television series performed in a variety of musical styles. And it was recorded by the Phantomaz, which is a supergroup including members of Slayer, Melvins, and Mr. Bungle. So musicians from some of the heaviest bands out there recording various versions of horror themes. So it has Experiment in Terror, Twin Peaks, Fire Walk With Me, and various others. And some of them are like grindcore. Some of them are just eerie ambient things. Like it's all over the board. Because I'm not, I don't, I don't do like movie marathon watching in Halloween, you know? And this allows me to revisit each of these films. So I felt like I've watched all of them. <laughs> so it's kind of the perfect Halloween album for me. I also love uh, Rocky Erickson's The Evil One. Every single song is on theme. I like to listen to it on cassette because it sounds a little eerier that way. Songs like Creature with the Atom Brain and Stand for the Fire Demon are on point for me. And the last one I love to put on, basically anything by the artist King Diamond. And for those who don't know him, he's a heavy metal singer who many in pop culture might know from the use of his song in Clerks. This van drives up and plays a King Diamond song, and this guy's basically known for this crazy falsetto in all of his songs. Like, he'll have entire songs all falsetto but it's like matched with heavy metal and all of his albums under King Diamond are concept albums. And I'm surprised he's never had these adapted into a film before because they're so good. So he has a number of albums, but each one is a concept and they're all kind of horror themed. So he has one called Abigail. That's really great about a haunting uh, and a house. He has another one that takes place in new Orleans and 
it's pretty great stuff. So anything by King Diamond is sure to get you in the mood. Mm, interesting. I think we're going to have to throw all the concept albums onto the accompanying playlist this week. This playlist is going to be good. It's going to be a fire playlist. What about you, Pedro? What do you, what do you have on your turntable this week? I always like a mix of stuff when it comes to holidays. Um, and like for Halloween, obviously I'm, I love like stuff from TV and movies. I love Bette Midler's version of I Put a Spell on You from Hocus Pocus. I love that song. In Steven Universe, there's a band called Sadie Killer and the Suspects, and they have a song called Gugga Ghost that I really like around Halloween time. And then with like, all, I also like Werewolf Bar Mitzvah from 30 Rock. And then, yes. <laughs> along with all that, I like to throw in like The Faint. The Faint always has like such a weird vibe to their music and with songs like uh, Pose to Death. Or take me to the hospital. It like fits the theme pretty well. There's some Lady Gaga songs I like to throw in. She's got like a a good dancey, creepy vibe, like Monster or Teeth from the Fame Monster. Um, but my absolute favorite album for Halloween, which probably won't be a surprise to anybody, is Night the Nightmare Before Christmas. I love that whole album. I think my favorite song off of it is Sally's song, which was sung by I think Catherine O'Hara originally. But that's my absolute favorite one of the of the whole holiday and i can just listen to it from october all the way through the end of the year so it's perfect yeah i've loved that movie since i was a kid and the music was a huge part of why so the nightmare before christmas is my top favorite did i ever tell you guys that i was not allowed to watch that movie when i was a kid really yeah my mom said you were a very impressionable kid and so i was not allowed to watch the nightmare before christmas in fact the first time i saw it i was like 21 Mm. to be fair it's pretty like (laughs) It's pretty gruesome and dark. Like, I mean, it's Tim Burton, right? So, but like, it's claymation, so sort of limitless in how crazy it can be. And even like, mm-hmm. even when it came out and I was a kid, I and once we had it on VHS, I watched it like every day, and it gave me nightmares for like a month straight. <laughs> but I didn't care. I'd still like wake up terrified, but watch it anyway because I loved it so much. So mm-hmm. your your mom might have made the right choice, honestly. Well, she made Probably. the right choice for a number of reasons. The second being that you didn't become somebody who went to Hot Topic and bought Nightmare Before <laughs> Christmas backpacks and T-shirts and cosplayed as characters from the film every year. So, Your tone is very pointed. There's kind of, and I feel attacked. <laughs> <laughs> there's kind of like a chicken and egg scenario there because I always thought that the reason Hot Topic started appropriating Nightmare Before Christmas is because of that lyric from Blink-182's I Miss You, we can live like Jack and Sally if you want. And it's like their most emo song. And I thought <laughs> yeah. that like that's what that's when the scene decided that Nightmare Before Christmas was like gonna be their thing for the next 10 years. It's possible. You know I never knew God, I never processed that reference until just now. Really? Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, wow. I, he- I heard that like that was their whole concept. They're like, we want to write a song about the Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, God. So wait, the whole song is that? It's not just the one lyric? Like I when he's saying, it, I miss you? Yeah, I think I read that somewhere. Fact check oh. me on that, listeners, if you want. Call in and tell me how wrong I am. But I, I think, You know what? I, I hope I someone fact somewhere. checks you and proves that it's wrong. Because if that is true, then the song can no longer <laughs> exist in any capacity in my household. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that's, there's something to your theory. If that, if that was like, that truly is like all of those things coming together. It's the Nightmare Before Christmas. It's the Blink-182 aesthetic, you know, with the smiley face, with the X's in its eyes, all coming mm-hmm. together mm-hmm. In, in a Hot Topic aesthetic. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh. That's, that's, Ryan, like that's little... Ryan's hell, just being in a Hot Topic surrounded by Nightmare Before Christmas fans. Oh, 
Yeah, that <laughs> want to talk about scary. That's that's maybe I'll do that for Halloween. Oh, so I didn't share the album I wanted to talk about today. I was originally going to talk about uh, Miley Cyrus's cover of Zombie that she did for the sta- Save Our Stages festival like this past week. Um, but, you know, um, I thought about it a little more. And I think like a more formative kind of spooky album for me is My Chemical Romance's The Black Parade. And I think not just because of its themes of death and like the imagery, but also because of the story surrounding its creation. Are you guys familiar at all? Please enlighten. Gerard went into a hot topic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> He's like, I can make an album about this. Actually, Gerard just congealed in a hot topic. He was just like was formed and he came up out of the ground. <laughs> it's the, uh, the Frankenstein's monster of emo culture. <laughs> Here's the thing. Like, I, I say a lot of shit about emo music and I did at the time too. I was very much the Adam and Andrew <laughs> I was on I was on board with them like for listeners who don't know they did the emo kids song which was kind of like a comedy riff on like what emo kids were mm-hmm. but I think Black Parade kind of transcends all that it's kind of like a defining pop record for that era and like the story behind its creation is first it was recorded in a notoriously haunted mansion called the Paramore so while they were recording like apparently doors were slamming and opening of their own volition and there was like this really oppressive atmosphere and they kind of use that to like kind of manifest the darker themes and even bassist Mikey Way he was already battling some serious mental health concerns at the time and he stayed in the estate's quote most haunted room I don't know like who ranks these things but the atmosphere there apparently exacerbated his inner turmoil which led him to him sleeping on the floor of Gerard's room and then to him leaving the mansion entirely to seek help. And like they ended up leaving the place before the end of their scheduled time. Like they just kind of pumped out the album. Like, let's get the fuck out of here. Yeah, <laughs> fuck around. See what happens. Yeah. <laughs> it's haunted. But like, what if the ghosts are just like, shut up, get out. You're so fucking loud. You know, we weren't going to say you anything. Kid, you kids and your music. But that's that's actually pretty dope. I didn't know that. That's really fucking cool. Yeah, there are like other stories surrounding the promotion of the album too. Like while they were filming the video for Famous Last Words, two of the band members were seriously injured. So they filmed this video back to back with Welcome to the Black Parade and they were all super tired and near delirium that kind of mixed dangerously with adrenaline and their guitarist Frank Eero, I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name right, he decided to jump on Gerard, which knocked him over at a bizarre angle and tore the lig- ligaments in his ankle. So I don't know if that's like a haunted story, but like there were like a bunch of accidents like that throughout them promoting. Like for instance, they were supporting Muse and like Muse and My Chemical Romance and all their crew got serious food poisoning and had to cancel a show in May 2007. Just so like there, there's just like yes it's it's supposedly a cursed album and i think that that's kind of like you know what you're going for around halloween it's not just the music itself but like i love the backstories too mm-hmm. absolutely I like, that. I like that a lot i actually have a yeah. new appreci- have a new appreciation for it now knowing all those stories and they continue to be cursed i mean they had their whole comeback tour that was scheduled to happen this year and then 
we all know what happened. <laughs> to be fair, we all got hit with the curse on that one, so... Yes. So, we're kind of coming up on the end of time here, but before we go, I want to know, despite the fact that we can't go anywhere, are you two dressing up for Halloween? Yes. Yes, indeed. <laughs> what about you, Pedro? I want to. I'm still trying to figure out what to be, but I, I'm going to try. And then I'm going to just sit on the kitchen floor and drink. That'll be it. <laughs> what are you going to be? I kind of want to try and be um, Greg from Over the Garden Wall. Have you seen that? Hell oh yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> I kind of want... I, the little I, upside down tea hat. Hell yeah. He's an elephant. <laughs> and so I want to try and... <laughs> I want to try and find uh, a Greg outfit if I can. What's the story behind Over the Garden Wall being like a Halloween classic? Because I've heard that more than once this year. And I'm like, I don't remember it being anything about Halloween. No, it but just it's, it's, it's very spooky? like, no, it's well, I mean, it's spooky for sure. But there's also like the autumn vibes are insane. And there's like a whole episode where they run into a town of people dressed in like jack-o'-lanterns and shit. So like, oh yeah, it's like the colors and the vibe and the spookiness of it and the weirdness of it and but also yeah they get they like hop over the garden wall on Halloween like everyone's dressed up in a costume, so oh yeah that's why he's that's why Greg is dressed as an elephant yeah and that's I, you know and that's why um the older brother Elijah Wood's character looks the way he does like at first you think they're just weird uh old timey kids but they're kids from now dressed up for Halloween. Spoiler, sorry. You you know what, Pedro, you know what you should do? You should, because he has a pot on his head most of the time, right? Mm -hmm. You should use Mrs. Potts. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. (laughs) She rides again. (laughs) I'm going to have to call her and get her on a flight back over here. Oh, where is she? Is she still in Florida amid all the super spreader events? Last we heard, but, you know, you never know with her. She might have hopped over to the Keys. I don't know what's going on with her. I had heard a story about it was like a stereotypical. It was all the Florida, the Florida headlines in one. She was chased by a rabid dog, a stray dog in the neighborhood, <laughs> avoided a sinkhole. I think she's still at large. Good news, I think. Run free, Mrs. Potts. You're doing quarantine better than all of us. Yeah, we should probably call the jail and the. You call the jails. I'll call the hospitals. You call the hot topic and uh, <laughs> uh, that. Now that talk about hot topic stuff. Over the garden wall is most certainly has merch. At Hot Topic. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna I would believe Go ahead and that's bet true. the house that that's the case. And speaking of Hot Topic, I think what we need to do is pitch a Mrs. Potts Tunes and Tumblers t shirt to Hot Topic and see if we can expand our brand that way. Boom. Yeah, to people who, it. to people, the only people who shop there uh, can't drink, unfortunately. So, but I like oh, that that's idea. That's true. Let's do it. Why not? We will, we will direct them to our mocktail with the lovely and fabulous. Megan Lara May from last week. Whoop, whoop. We'll give you the number of an of age man who works at a tropical fish store who can buy you alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> a, a note for our listeners: we are not condoning this in any way, but it does happen. Satire, satire alert. Satire. <laughs> There's no such thing as satire anymore. So I am going to dress up as Justin Thoreau's character in Mulholland Drive. Have either of you seen oh, that? Oh shit! Yeah, I am yeah. going to. So, if, for those of you who don't remember, he's the or who haven't seen it. Justin Thoreau plays a director who's kind of stumbles through the movie, just completely baffled by everything happening around him. And the film sort of serves as a metaphor for like the Hollywood system, 
Like he doesn't, um, he finds out that he needs to go see somebody called the cowboy, some like mysterious paranormal guy on a ranch in order for the movie to proceed. And it's sort of like this <laughs> metaphor for, oh, your movie's lost funding. You got to go see the cowboy and then your movie will be back on. <laughs> and so he, he kind of stumbles through the movie. And at one point he, he finds his wife cheating on him with Billy Ray Cyrus. <laughs> <laughs> that's right i do not remember this movie at all and it's he gets so pissed. good he gets pit. it's amazing I, my my one operational memory of that movie is like the really trippy end scene and there are just like two people two tiny people coming in under a door and that's the only memory i have of this movie well you just gave away the ending for anyone who wants to <laughs> watch it and yet but. it doesn't explain anything, so I think it's okay. <laughs> That's true, yeah. It, it, you're right. You can kind of spoil this movie and it doesn't matter because it makes no fucking sense anyway. But <laughs> no, it does. I, I love it. But all this to say, there's a scene where he throws, to get back at his wife, he just immediately marches to her jewelry drawer and just pours pink paint on it and then gets it thrown on himself. And that's what I'm going to look like. I'm going to have his ridiculous glasses, some LA Looks hair gel, and pink paint all over my all-black outfit. Are you gonna dye your hair? Nice. Am I gonna? Oh man, I should. You got like Gerard it, Way. Yeah, you gotta do it. <laughs> I mean, if I mean, if we're if you're gonna go there, go there. <laughs> yeah, why not? I have nowhere to go. Might as well. As as far as my costume for this year, I've worked very very hard on it, and I think it's gonna be a surprise. I'm going to Ooh. post pictures on the Tunes and Tumblers instagram after halloween when it all comes together i'm very excited about this so tune in it's just gonna be anthony with but with like a smile yeah (laughs) (laughs) you're gonna get to see my quarantine beard (laughs) oh shit hell yeah yeah all right so you gotta follow tunes and tumblers on instagram if you want to see anthony's costume damn it's a hard bargain you drive (laughs) <laughs> i just unfollowed <laughs> oh no <laughs> I'm just kidding so if you follow us if we get 100 followers by tuesday <laughs> anthony will not post a photo of himself we won't post we won't costume. post any halloween costumes <laughs> or or i'm gonna do you one better it won't be a halloween costume but it will be an ass shot and if you want that you got to get 100 followers on tunes and tumblers instagram by next tuesday all right we're we've gone way over time uh but let's let's finish up with some closing thoughts about the holiday about this music about hot topic about mrs potts being on the run (laughs) she's living her best life and i wish her all the happiness in the world good for you good for you mrs potts yeah your son chip not doing great so maybe look into that He's hardcore MAGA, so you know, <laughs> oh, no. something something to consider. Like he's a boogaloo <laughs> boy at this point, or he's flirting with it, so keep an eye on that. <laughs> I want to recommend, I don't think it's on Spotify, so we can't add it to the playlist, but I encourage you to find an artist called VVM, who's an experimental sound collage artist, um, his version of Lady in Red. It sounds like three and a half minutes of hell. Oh, so I encourage you to find that on YouTube. It's fantastic. You'll never hear a better version of Lady in Red. And to me, it's so brilliant because I associate the holidays with being at a drugstore and buying candy. So this feels like all of that. It feels like you're in a drugstore, but you're like 
your brain is melting while you're in it. <laughs> so check that out. I would like to add one more thing to listen to as well. And this is more of like a visual audio experience. Uh, if you want to really scare the shit out of yourself, go watch any music video by Puddle's Pity Party. He oh, is Oh God, yeah. <laughs> he is this musical artist who is he's just a clown and he sings really like kind of garish, sad songs, and watching it is just like straight out of my nightmares. He's he's like doesn't mean to be creepy, but he is. But he's really good. Yes. He's very good. So if you like clown cabaret and postmodern jukebox, go check it out. And if you hate those things, go watch it for Halloween. <laughs> We're talking to especially the people who hate those things. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you all for listening to Tunes and Tumblers. Tunes and Tumblers is an Atwood Magazine podcast. Be sure to like the show and Atwood on every platform. Also, if you could, please rate and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast. It helps us out so much. Tunes and Tumblers was produced, as always, by Drew Franz Blau. Our theme song is by New New Girlfriend. And before we go, we have a little red light that's blinking on our answering machine. That's right, we have set up a hotline for all of you to call in and give us either a hashtag mood suggestion, a cocktail recipe of your own, or just to chat and, you know, tell us what's been going on, you know, what's on your mind in quarantine, whatever you want. Our first message comes to us from Mick Kennedy, lead singer of the LA garage rock group Premonitions. They're from Echo Park and have influences all across the board and are really keeping the spirit of rock and roll alive and well. They're amazing and one of our new favorite bands. Their new single is called The Whiskey Shake, and to celebrate that, Mick has left us a recipe for an honest-to-goodness whiskey sour. If you want to call in yourself, the number to call is 626-604-6477. Again, that is 626-604-6477. Let's turn things over to Mick's message, and until next time... Cheers. Cheers. You have one new message. Hey, y'all. It's Mick Kennedy from The Premonitions. Uh, right now, I'm about to explain to you how to make a perfect whiskey sour. Preferably, uh, you'll have uh, two shakers. Obviously, some whiskey, some fresh-squeezed lemon juice, simple syrup, and an egg. So... You're going to take one ice cube and put in that shaker, and uh, then you're going to crack that egg and use the egg whites, just the egg whites. Make sure you don't put any of the real egg in there. You're going to do a dry shake. So you put the egg white in there. You shake that up, a little soft shake with one cube. Then you open that up, put a bunch of more ice in that, and then you're going to put in two ounces of whiskey, preferably bourbon. One ounce lemon juice and three quarter ounce simple syrup. And you're going to shake that as hard as you can. Put that into a glass, either a coupe or on the rocks. And there you go. You got a whiskey sour. Get with it. And now, here's the whiskey shake by the Premonitions.